Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and well, Brandon's not joining us for this one because this is recorded while he was still in Israel. That's right. And because of that, he missed out on a great interview with sister Lou Ella Hickman. I met Lou Ella at WordFest 2019 in Corpus Christi, Texas, and I wasn't expecting to find her. She just kind of came out of the woodwork, asked about the show, and I could just tell by the look that she wanted to be on the show. But then in conversing with her, I knew I wanted to have her on the show. And from there, we actually wound up having a great conversation about faith, discernment, and how to to lean on one or the other or both. And it was just a wonderful, powerful conversation, one that I did not have planned, one that I didn't expect, but I'm 100% glad that I had. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving. In that case, we need to just stay safe and get to where you're going in one piece as Sister Lou Ella Hickman and I have a great conversation about faith and discernment. Here we go. All right. So we've got here with me Lou Ello Hickman. We are here at WordFest 2019 in Corpus Christi at Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Uh, How are you doing, Lou? Just fine. Now, do you go by Lou or Lou Ella? Well, my friends call me Lou. Okay. I've got an Uncle Lou, so I wanted to be sure. Like, that, yes, yes. I felt like I needed to throw Uncle in front of that, but I'm like, there are other people who go by Lou who are not my uncle. So, right. There we go. Uh, so you probably hear me use both. I'll use Lou That's and right. Luella. Cool. Well, thank you for joining me on here. Um, we we got to meet a little bit earlier during the conference. Right. And, exactly. Uh, you were kind of probing me to get a feel for what my show was about, and and uh-huh. you know, so Brandon, I've I've outed you now. Um, this is my show. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, Brandon's gonna be like, what are you doing? Uh, so Brandon's the guy in Israel right now that right. really is the host. But anyway, uh, you started telling me about yourself, and I was like, yeah, I definitely want to get you on here and, and hear your story. And, and so here we are. And um, so you are a sister in an order of sisters uh, here in Corpus Christi. Uh, tell us about them and, um, and eventually want to hear about how did you wind up there. Uh, I am a member of the Sisters of the Incarnate Word and Blessed Sacrament. And um, our, my community was founded uh, about 400 years ago in France um, by a woman um, named Jean uh, Chazard de Mattel. And uh, we are working on her beatification at, at this particular time. Uh, we are sisters uh, generally in teaching. Uh, however, we have a number of sisters who do other things. We had a sister in hospital work in, at NB Anderson. Uh, we have sisters in uh, parish work, uh, two sisters at, right now. We also have a sister in Beaumont who's a chancellor. Oh, nice. Yes. So um, the story is a, a bit of how I got there. Uh, first of all, um, I am a convert. I was a Methodist before I became Catholic. Okay. And uh, the song, the story is long and drawn out, so I will make it as short <laughs> as possible. And I did become a Catholic, uh, became good friends with uh, a sister, and I thought to myself, I can be to others what she has been to me, and that has been a friend. Okay. And that's kind of been my um, compass pointing north since then, is how can I befriend other people uh, on the way to the kingdom? Yeah. 
I think a neat thing about the, the Order of Sisters you belong to also is that they're related to um, an Order of Sisters that I've been working alongside with for like five years now that, um, who sponsor Christus Health. And that's Sisters of Charity of the Incarnate Word in San Antonio, but then also their, their originators in, in Houston. Uh, they also originated from Lyon, France, right. and answered the call from Bishop Claude-Marie de Bouille back in the 1860s to, uh-huh. to uh, come here and, and serve Jesus Christ in the, uh, oh, what's the, the phrase he used, in the, um, the sick and infirm of every kind is the word exactly. he used. Exactly, exactly. And talk about a powerful letter. Uh, three women who were nurses answered the call, jumped on a boat, became sisters along the way, learned how to open up their own congregation of sisters, and uh, right off the bat, land in Galveston, and one of them dies right off the bat, and they continue on. And um, I think where I'm going with that is the power of faith, because these two sisters who just had one of their friends die continue on the work that they've been called to do. Right. And in three years' time, they grow into a congregation of about 20 or 30 sisters, and then they answer a call in San Antonio. And to this day, the work they started is now the sixth largest Catholic healthcare organization in the world. 45,000 employees, and they do so much charity care for the communities they serve. It's it's ridiculous. Um, but it's just the power of faith and, and having the, the courage to go after that. And, and so hearing you, like, answering the call yourself um, and help, helping others. So what is it you do to help others? Like, what, what are some of the stories you've come across that um, just let you know, this, this is why God called me to do this? Well, um, part of it is... I had the privilege of, believe it or not, um, working in religious retail for about five years. Okay. And one of the things I discovered is that people would come in looking for more than a St. Michael medal. Yeah. In fact, what was really neat was I got to sell a St. Michael medal to one of my former students who was leaving the next day to enter the military. Okay. And St. Michael is the patron saint of the military. Oh, and there okay. people would come in who were hurting and uh, needed something more mm-hmm. and that I could be that quiet presence in their lives, for, even if it was just for a few minutes. And now I, what I do since I, am, I have not been in teaching, and I was in a um, children's library and, and also in our high school for a number of years, is now I am a certified a spiritual director. And what that means is I walk with people and hopefully help them to deepen their relationship with God. Nice. And um, whatever faith community they are in, uh, my job is just to listen and help them to talk to God and listen to God better okay. and, more de- and more deeply. Now, somebody who um, is wondering, what is that tug on your heart from God feel like? Or like, what are some things that people can know to recognize that that's there what what would you tell them well one of the things i have learned is that god always comes to us in ways we can understand um for me that's one of the i see god so often in movies uh uh, poor hollywood gets a bad rap and truly in there's many times it is yes i would have to agree but there are many scenes there are many comments or many, you know, the dialogue, the character, the arc of the character development. There is so much of God there if we take a look. In fact, when I was going through my training as a spiritual director, one of the movies that was very 
impactful on me was the King's speech. Oh. How uh, this, this relationship developed in a safe place that the king could be himself yeah. and, and share and be honored as a person and not just as royalty. Okay. I, where was I going with that? Oh, man. So I know a lot of people will think, well, where's the burning bush? And where's that miraculous angel that pops in and says, you know, Jerry, you will go do this. Uh, so it's not always necessarily that. It's just that those moments of, um, like, clarity in a sense or the right word from the right person at the right time. Right, right. Yeah. God will send us things we need at the right time. And I go back to the sister that, who I met, and we became friends. And she was kind. And I even remember where I was when the thought occurred to me, Lou, you can be like her. Mm-hmm. You can be a kind person to those who need kindness. And that's part of the reason why I'm a spiritual director, is to help people discern when God is talking to them and how to listen and how to discern and, and one of the rules of discernment is that it's usually a very unshakable. When God grasps us by the hand, usually it's pretty powerful. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it can be very subtle, um, so we have to learn to pay attention. But God always, always comes to us in the ways we can understand. Nice. Um. I was just thinking through something I've gone through recently myself. Um, so I just went through a job change. Uh, left left an organization I've worked for for years, loved it. And a friend of mine called me and said, hey, here's an opportunity for you. It's in Dallas, though, so you'll have to move to Dallas. And I'm thinking, no, nah, I'm not interested. Um, but I prayed about it. I was like, God, let me know if this is the thing I need to do. Um, yeah, I need to talk to some trusted people. And so I talked to my own supervisor and my VP, and they'd already given their approval. Like, you need to do this. I'm like, okay, well, I don't go home to them. I go home to my wife. So I need to talk to my wife. And so I asked her, and, and she has always been about, we stick together. This is home in Corpus Christi. And when we move to Dallas or we move anywhere, it's going to be together. And so I called her, told her about the opportunity, and she just said, you need to go. And I thought, no. <laughs> I think I heard her wrong. And so I asked her again and again. She said, no, Jerry, I, this has been in my heart for a good month. Um, didn't know why, but now that you're bringing this up, you, you need to go. I'm thinking, All right, let me talk to my, my accountability partner, Brandon, who's also the host of the show. And I, he's like, well, you know, here, here's some things to be aware of. And it's like, okay, there we go. Now we're talking. So he and his wife talked to my wife and I. I'm, I'm making this a long story. I'm sorry. That's um, quite all right. <laughs> and it, it turns out, uh, they were all for us doing the move. They wanted to make sure we had guardrails in place to protect our marriage. And I thought, okay, that wasn't the no I was expecting. Um, and so I just kept throwing like, God, all right, throw a sign at me. All right, throw a sign at me. And he, he kept doing it. And I'm like, <sighs> okay, so there's a point where I got to take a leap of faith. And, um, and it, I finally, I, I came across somebody else who had shared a story with me that they knew on their heart they needed to go obey that call, but they never understood why. And it wasn't until like a week or two after they answered the why or the, the call that the why became very clear. And so I was like, okay, how do I know that's not just what I want to hear? <laughs> and so I heard it again from somebody else. And I'm like, okay, okay. So I've done that. I've, le- I've taken the leap, still waiting for that, that answer to why did I have to make this leap? But uh, yeah, it's interesting. So um, anyway, that's just the most recent time. And that's a very good example, uh, Jerry, about 
discernment mm-hmm. that you asked people you you knew that knew you uh, you prayed about it it was on your heart for quite a while you were willing to say to God and you were being able to say to God anything and everything and that speaks of a profound relationship with him and you talked to your wife and you kept seeking God's intervention and talking to him about that and one of the things that I see a lot and when I hear people is they want a very definite clear answer (laughs) they want God to hit them with a two by four and sometimes God does that yeah but then we don't have faith we need we have to take a risk we have to make the decision on the information that we have at the moment yeah and even if it doesn't turn out well Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Um, God will make, make a room. He will, he will do, that's what is called resurrection is that great good will come out of it, whatever decision is, is truly made with including him in the decision. Yeah. And I, I like that a key part of that is you're not looking for the answer you want to hear either. Uh, right. Yeah, I've seen people do that. Like, they'll go talk through 20 people. 19 people of them are saying, no, don't do it. It's a bad idea. But then they hear that one person that says, yeah, go for it. And then they'll latch onto that one. Right, and there will be a click. There will be something somewhere, uh, perhaps. Um, and see, that's there's no right or wrong answer uh, in this certain sense. Uh, um, the basically, if there's going to be a quote wrong answer, end of quote, is not including <laughs> God in the decision. Yes, yes. You know, and not including your significant others, and listening to them, and because they do speak the word of God to you and to listen. And, uh, and I applaud you for that. And Thank this you. is a really, really good example of what discernment is all about, is that maybe I don't, this is, do I really want to hear the answer? And it may not be the answer I want, yeah. but it'll be the answer I need. I think the crazy thing for me also is, on my heart, I knew from the very beginning it was something I needed to go pursue. And... So it was like one part acting like Jonah, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, like I'm going to run from this. I, I hear the call, but I, I'm going to look for an excuse to run from it. And, you know, one part Gideon, like, okay, if this is really the thing you want me to do. Give me a sign, you know, throw something out there for me to, to recognize. And, um, but after a couple of weeks of doing that, I realized, okay, I need to, I got to make a choice. You have you to know, make a I, Yes. I know all the information I need. I need to make a choice. And, um, and I was actually able to really pour my whole self into the process and, and, and my honest self. I, kn- I knew life would be okay if I didn't get the job up there. 
I still had a job here in Corpus and all that stuff. So it was, it was really neat. Um, now, I already talked about one thing where you know people aren't discerning well. They they, they just they're looking for the answer that they want to hear, not what they need to hear. What are some other ways where somebody's not doing um, good discernment, other than not including God? I, was, I guess those are the two big ones. Is there anything else that somebody should watch out for that they're not? Well, one of the St. Teresa of Avila was very good about, in her discernment, in talking about, uh, she said that one of the things we need to do is daily eat the bread of self-awareness. I like that. And just on a natural level, being aware of who we are um, and how we tick as much as possible, um, that is very grounding and a lot of people that I have seen and making decisions don't know themselves very well uh, uh, become impetuous that doesn't mean we won't make mistakes yeah. but I think in the long run self-knowledge or lack of self-knowledge is a big trip for a lot of people they just trip over that and they're going to fall flat on their face Yeah, well, we see that for a lot of folks that Excuse me. Uh, find themselves stuck in a rut too. They they don't have that self awareness of where they feel they're called to go in life. Right. They, so they just kind of go with the flow with what other people tell them their life should be about, or where the money is, or where the power is, and right. so on. And what they find themselves in after a while is this rut where they feel like they're just lost. They're spinning in a circle, uh, and they they have they just don't know what to do with their lives. And that's one thing we love about this show is that. We, we share examples from other people's stories that say, hey, here's somebody who was probably in a rut or here's somebody who was in a rut and this is how they got out of that tailspin and, and made their own path in the life that they were really called to do. And uh, it's always great to see them when they're actually doing it, you know, whether it's to become a sister or to you know, write books or, or both in your case. Right. Uh, it's really neat to see that come together. And in some of those cases, it is still, like in my case, working in corporate life, um, but making making my experience what I know it's supposed to be. And so I've had the privilege of working in a Catholic healthcare organization, going now to a Methodist, so kind of reverse order uh, for, of you, uh, going to a Methodist health system that's also very grounded in its um, uh, spirituality, its commitment to serving the poor and the underserved, and living by its mission. And uh, so that is a new adventure for me there. And uh, now you, the, the reason why we got here in the first place is we're at Write Fest 2019, and you're an author, and you've put together a book of poems, uh, poetry. Uh, tell us about your book. Um, it's been a, a labor of love, of course, and oddly enough, it has been a labor of love for about 30 years. Um, getting a book of poetry published in the United States today is like having, and I quote, a uh, Rose Petal Falling into the Grand Canyon in the <laughs> And this basically fell into my lap um, it, it, Everything was <clears throat> Basically a miracle Each thing like discernment Is the doors were opening And um, It just fell right into place every, every step of the way Nice Nice and then you told me something unique about this particular book. Um, you know, most poems that I've come across or poetry I've come across, almost everything's written in the voice of the author itself. But right. in your case, uh, these poems have a character that is told right. by somebody else's perspective. Right. right. And each one of the women, I hope to have a different personality, a different tonality to the, to the women. Yeah. 
And in fact, I got recently I got some feedback, and one of the ladies that told me who read it says, they have personalities. And I went, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. And I wasn't wanting to be disparaging of her, but she got the point. She gets it. Nice, nice. You know, that each one uh, um, has... One of the things that is sad in, in the scriptures is, in a certain sense, in a, in a good sense, that women particularly have no voice or very little voice. Uh, and so I wanted to sit and listen to what they could have said or might have said, or if they said something, to hear what they had to say more. Yeah. I wanted to hear the, the women on their own terms, not what... I thought, but to try to really listen to their voices. Uh, of course, I would bring something to the text. It, it's in, you know, that's that's part of the process. But I wanted them to speak out of their experience. Nice. And I think you had mentioned the some of the voices that we hear in the poetry of this book are women from the Bible. Yes. Okay. Uh, what are some of the women that you you um, one have of in them? Here? Let's see. Uh, I guess I should say, who are some of the women? There we go. If I'm going to write fast, I need to... Well, <laughs> word fast, I got to get the words uh, right. Yes. Um, <laughs> the grammar. One of them, of course, is Mary, the mother of Jesus okay, in yeah. the New Testament. Uh, some of the mothers, uh, like her cousin, and Elizabeth. Uh-huh. Uh, and some of... The, oh, one of my favorites is Mary Magdalene. Okay. And uh, another one of my favorites is... Uh, story about the woman with the hemorrhage. Oh, yes. Yes. And uh, just what touching she might Jesus' have, robe was enough. Right. His teaching, his, you know, his robe, you know, uh, and what she was thinking up to that point about what, you know, her internal turmoil of trying to decide to do that because she was a woman who had lost everything. Yeah. Wow. Um Tell me more about her. Because I, I always hear that story from like the perspective of just how much faith it takes to really, you know, to, uh, to really have a big impact on your life. Like she didn't need to like talk to Jesus face to face. She didn't need to like sit down with him for an hour and um, exposit like her idea of what he should do with his ministry. She just simply said, "If I could just touch his robe." Right. Yeah. And and what I tried to capitalize on it was her loss. Okay. She was an outcast for 12 years. Uh, I'm sure there were people who were friends who discovered, you know, this is not going to go away. And they were so-called friends. And yeah. so uh, they slowly, one by one, you know, drifted away because this outcast is going to be a outcast forever wow. and yeah. I've got my life to live man and I remember that story really well just the, the moment she touches that robe like Jesus knows like right hey like they're in a crowd people are touching him left and right and he's like somebody touched my robe and everybody's looking at him like what I'm paraphrasing horribly here <laughs> but, uh, like you know everybody's touching you Jesus and he's like no somebody touched my robe and he like turns around and he looks right at her and you know um, I think they have a conversation and it's just how he's able to lift her up over something so small he's able to lift her back up to right yeah. right and what is really neat about Luke's gospel is that he loves to sandwich 
what is called sandwiching in his gospel. Mm-hmm. And he has it, he's going to Jairus' house and a little girl who is 12. Mm-hmm. And she has died. And so in a sense, here's this woman who has been having this health issue for 12 years. And so Luke is basically telling his audience she has this woman has really died in a certain yeah. sense she is an outcast she has died to the community and this is her resurrection as he will resurrect the little girl and it all prefigures his own resurrection yeah oh man yeah I just, that's the thing I love about Jesus yeah, it's, I mean there's the resurrection itself but even here now there's that that restoration, you know, right? You know, everybody messes up. Nobody's perfect, um, but you can really tell who has a good, authentic walk with him, with Jesus, by how forgiving they can be of others, and, right? And, and non-judgmental, and right. really exercise some grace. And um, I just I love showing that or sharing that as much as I can and when I can. Um, not to be proud for anything. It's just you know to make it a part of my life and. I don't know if you've noticed with other people, but by taking on that persona, life just seems better you know, to me. Like, the life now right. seems better. Just to be more forgiving, to, to have more grace. and Right. Yeah. He did say, you know, my yoke is indeed easy, and yeah. my burden is indeed light. You know, and the yoke that he was talking about was a euphemism for the law. Yes. And so his law, his yoke, his burden is indeed light. I mean, it may be, it will be definitely difficult to forgive in many situations, but our life will be much lighter as a result. Yes. Um, it's funny. Some people will think that, you know, holding a grudge and being bitter and never forgiving somebody would be the easier thing to do to protect yourself from being hurt again. But I think... It prevents you from really living, though, because you just right. you wallow in that misery, and you, know, you get in a rut in that sense, and you miss out on so much more that God's got planned for you. Right. Now, the book title is She, Robed, and... Wordless. Wordless. Awesome. And where can people buy a copy of that? Uh, I have copies at the convent. You can um, come by uh, 5201 Lipes Boulevard here in Corpus Christi, or you can order it from my... Um, publisher which is press 53 or you can get it on amazon.com oh awesome good so i was thinking what about that guy in ireland who listens to the show <laughs> actually no we got a guy you know, we do have a guy in ireland who listens to the show i don't know him personally i just see it in the metrics uh-huh like, we got a guy in ireland listening to the show that's really cool and we, got- and we have quite a number of sisters from ireland oh nice yes oh, nice um that reminds me of a couple of sisters i worked with at christus health um I don't know if we have time for this story. But anyway, uh, Sister Elizabeth and uh, Sister Margaret Mannion is the other one. And very nice people. They they kept me in check when I was younger. So. Well, good for Sister Margaret. Yes, she yes. sometimes comes and visits with us. So You've met her? Oh, yes. She oh, comes man. quite often. You know, And she hasn't been around for a while, so we miss her. Yes, yes. I love that lady. Um, so my, my first job out of the Army was with Christus Spawn Health System doing orientation. And so she was the first presenter every day. And uh, yeah, worked very closely with her. It was sad when I left Krista Spawn over a decade ago. And uh, well, no wonder you turned out so well. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, uh, she had a big part in that. Uh, yes. You know, if I was getting out of line, she'd be the first one there. She wasn't even my boss, but she'd be the first one there to give me some advice, give me some input, uh-huh. and some encouragement. And 
that was something she said in orientation, but it stuck with me. I treat the other person like a gentleman, not because of who that person is, but because of who I am. Uh-huh. And that sticks with me to this very day. And uh, if I ever find myself getting outside of that, I, you know, in the back of my mind is Sister Margaret Mannion saying, Jerry. Right. Well, I will be sure and tell her hello for you the next yes. time she comes for lunch. Yes. Oh, man. Give her a hug for me, too. I She's surely awesome. will. Uh, now, the best way, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, uh, what's the best way for them to contact you? You can contact me at the convent. Uh, the, my telephone number is 361-882-5413. Awesome. And that's, uh, do you go by sister or just miss? Yes. Okay, so that's Sister Lou Ella Hickman. And that's correct. Uh, that's where you'll find her? Uh, thank you for so much for coming on to this show. Well, thank you, Jerry. It's yeah. been a pleasure and a privilege, especially oh. to talk about the good Lord. Yeah, I mean, th- I, like I said, we keep it conversational because it, it always winds up way deeper than I ever expected. Exactly, so, exactly. We- so blessings upon you and your ministry and your family. And uh, it's, it's, it's really nice to know that we have a small connection between, you know, Christmas Health System and our sisters, yeah. our cousins. Oh, man. And Brandon, you missed out on another great one. So Yes. <laughs> But he's in Israel. Oh, my goodness. My heart beats. So I I am a little low-key jealous about that. I have to get over that. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Jerry. Appreciate it. Thank you. If you like everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 203. There you'll find contact information to reach out and connect with Sister Lou Ella Hickman, as well as any other resources and podcast episodes that we think you'll find a great enhancement to this episode. We're so glad you joined us this week, and we look forward to joining with you again next week on our next conversation. In fact, it's the third of the three conversations I had at WordFest 2019, and and this one will be with Leanne Fox, and she's done a lot of work with us on the back end with our website, so it's really exciting to have her on the front end having a conversation with me about writing and blogging and all that good stuff to get a message out there. So with that said... Go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showvian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Capshow team today and join me inside that community.